We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all the things going down in Manhattan. The latest news, top stories, and insider perspectives to keep you in the know. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by Holiday Distillery and their vast assortment of spirits. And now, the latest episode of Three Maw. Hello and welcome into another Three Maw pod. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young and Cole Manbeck. And we are here today to talk a little football. Yes, basketball has dominated a lot of our headspace recently, but the football season is just around the corner. Big 12 media days just around the corner in Arlington. We got the all Big 12 preseason football team and we have a lot of recruiting news uh, to keep track of as well. So we will react to it all here on this pod, which as always is brought to you by our friends at Holiday Distillery. If you are into vodka, they've got 360 vodka. If you are into bourbon, They've got the Ben Holiday Bottled in Bond Bourbon. Either one a great choice for your lake parties, if you're heading out to the pool this summer, and even if you're thinking about stocking up early uh, for your tailgates coming up this football season or basketball, whatever it may be, whatever the occasion, Holiday Distillery, great way to go. They are K-State folks that support our pod, so please support them and uh, get your Ben Holiday Bottled in Bond Bourbon or your 360 Vodka. There have been uh, three major prospects that we've been keeping tabs on here recently in the recruiting world uh, for K-State football. That would be Caden Massey, who did commit. K-State landed him over Oklahoma, Nebraska, Ole Miss, uh, among others. And then we are waiting on that Boganowski-Bricks combination uh, to high-level prospects, one a national-level prospect, the other one the number one in the state of Kansas. And uh, it's a pretty exciting time right now, D.Y., for, for K-State recruiting with some really – you're being mentioned with some really high-level guys and what's going to be a pretty small class for K-State. They've really concentrated a lot of their efforts here on guys that are pretty high up a lot of teams' boards. And uh, so far, one out of three is committed. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of, you know, by their standards, relative – not relative really to, like, the Georgia of the world. Kansas State's been kind of big fish – seeking and just in general in the last six months just think about the way that they finished the last class too right with will lee rex van Wy, asa newsome trace Spivey. um they got avery johnson over the summer dylan edwards at one point so i mean this is a 
program that's starting to regularly recruit for prospects that have at least 10 offers. I remember at the time, I think we just touched on it a little bit when Kyle Rakers, the Des Moines offensive lineman committed, and you made a great point in that it just seemed kind of ho-hum that Kansas State landed Kyle Rakers, but you look up and he had 11 power five offers. It's kind of the same thing here with Caden Massey, the offensive lineman at a Linden High, eight-man football star that has committed to Kansas State as well. Because if this was last year or two years ago, and this is no, not trying to offend anyone, but we'd be doing a separate show probably pre-recorded or did it soon after reacting to Caden Massey committing to Kansas State. I mean, this was a legitimate recruiting win over Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Ole Miss. Think about if I had said that even last year before they landed like Avery Johnson and Dylan Edwards or the year before. I mean, it's just not what this program was accustomed to doing, but now it's become almost standard or so normal and accepted. It's no longer a big, big enough deal for us to do like a pre-recorded show on it. So I think that shows just the recruiting profile and how it has changed for the better for Kansas state. Um, so in terms of just prestige and perception, I think that's the angle that I would take when it comes to Lane and Kane Massey, because this probably has not gotten enough appreciation for what it was. Cole, no thoughts on Caden Massey? I mean, I've talked about Caden Massey a lot. That's that's my fault. I mean, obviously a huge recruiting win uh, and obviously beating out Oklahoma once again. And D.Y. just alluded to it. I mean, look, you look at some of the big fish case they've been beating on the recruiting trail over the years. I've been pulling together a chart to really examine it, looking at the 2023 recruiting class and then currently at the 2024 recruiting class. But you beat out Nebraska and Oklahoma once again. And if you look at the 23 class, you beat out Nebraska and Oklahoma several times. I mean, Jordan Allen, Oklahoma coveted really bad. Oklahoma wanted Avery Johnson. Then they got Jackson Arnold, the Oklahoma quarterback that committed there. And that class, uh, they obviously wanted Dylan Edwards. K-State had landed Dylan Edwards, and then he decommitted multiple times. Uh, but K-State has gone up against OU several times. They're going to go up against them here on Bricks and Boganowski as well, and we'll see if they can win um, those recruiting battles. But just beating those types of profiles of schools out to get a guy like Caden Massey, who is really blown up, like we've talked about before, at the camps this offseason and continues to grow in size and really show his athleticism. You can't coach size. You can't coach length. He's got all of the prototypical things that you really want in a really good offensive tackle. And so if he can really develop, you know, over the next couple of years, he could be a, you know, first round type offensive tackle taken as long as Connor Riley can get him to that level because the, the size and length is everything you want right there in your prototypical tackle. And it's just going to take some time for him to develop just because he's, he's played eight man football here at Linden. It's not a knock on, on eight man, but it's a, it's a little different animal coming into the big 12. So really excited that they, they landed a guy of his stature. Obviously that's a huge recruiting win. And now we see if they can uh, land a couple more big time guys. D Y I, I, John, I'll steal your job. D Y what, what do you, if I were to put a gun to your head, do you think K state, what are the percentage chances K state gets at least one of two between Boganowski and bricks? Well, set the table for us, too, on those guys. For those that don't follow this as closely as everybody, the significance of those two, where they're at, and why it's such a big deal that we're, we're here talking about them. Uh-oh. DY's muted. 
My he was muted. <laughs> My bad. I turned on the Reds game, so I was like, I wanted to make sure that that was muted before I got here. So forgot I muted myself. But great breaks. You're talking about a, a four-star offensive line from the state of Iowa, top 100 prospect. Um, in terms of the the air around him as a prospect, this is Avery Johnson territory. Like it would be that significant. You're probably going head to head here with Nebraska. I think Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Um, who else? I forget who else was in it. But uh, at the end, but I think those have kind of been fading. So I think it's K State or Nebraska for him. Michael Boganowski. You're talking about the potential. Now this, you know, also depends on which site you're looking at, but the potential to land the top player in the state for two consecutive cycles when that was really something that slipped through the fingers for Kansas State for a number of years. Um, the, the number one player in Kansas often left the state. Now, I said it depends on what side would you look at because it's kind of weird, right? So the on three industry ranking, which takes a combination of all four networks into account when, when assembling a ranking, has Michael Boganowski, number one. On three itself, as Kansas State commit Gus Hawkins, now the number one player in the state, the offensive tackle from Mill Valley. 247 now has Kaden Massey, Kansas State's other offensive line commit, as the number one player in the state. So everything is kind of in flux here with when it comes to in-state rankings. It's a pretty tight battle between those three, I would say, even though I probably have it a different way. I probably have Boganowski number one as well. So, um, But when you put it that way, then if you have three different number ones in the state, Kansas State has the potential to land all three. <laughs> so with Boganowski, you're looking at a K-State-Oklahoma battle predominantly, and with, with Bricks, you're yeah. looking at – K-State, Nebraska, maybe Oklahoma still in the picture there. I mean, there was a future cast for him to three different spots on three different sites at one point. At one point, yeah, and it still might be that way. I haven't really felt the Sooners heavily involved in on the brick stuff. Now, we just talked about, you know, basketball stuff not long ago and how that stuff can quickly change. With NIL, um, recruitments just aren't as static as they once were. They change often. But at you know, at the time that we're recording this, you know, on a Wednesday evening, I really don't feel like OU is – this is a funny thing. Now, I don't think Kansas is going to land Michael Boganowski, but I think Kansas is more involved for Michael Boganowski than Oklahoma is for Grant Briggs. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's news to me. That hadn't been said to me at all here. Yeah. Now, now I don't think – like I would give Kansas a less than 10% chance to land Michael Boganowski. I'm not saying, but he's all of a sudden, you know, they're in the discussion point again. Like, again, I don't think they're landing him and it probably has something to do caught up in, in the, the, the momentum that the Jayhawks are recruiting with right now. Um, I would still be absolutely stunned if he picked Kansas, but I know Kansas state is, you know, understands what's going on over there as well. We didn't tell you, John, because we thought you might panic and overreact to to that thought. So we didn't I, wanna... I can I can see him like inner screaming just by the, um, <laughs> no 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 I'm not at all. But I was I was fielding text messages uh, earlier today from a certain uh, Kansas media member saying they're, that they're their thing. hopes up too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they're not completely out. They're more. They, they, they're more alive than what I think Oklahoma is for bricks at this point. Okay. Which one is the, would you perceive to be the bigger deal? Like which, and I know that's, that's a uh, question up for interpretation. And actually D Y I'll give you a second to think about it because I've got to tell you about this glorious shirt that I'm wearing from, uh, from home field. 
Copper Bowl champion shirt from 1993. Homefield's bringing it back. They love the vintage sort of style, the vintage college sportswear. They've got an awesome selection of K-State stuff. Uh, most of the K-State gear that you'll see me wearing around at Bill Snyder Family Stadium or Bramwich Coliseum comes from Homefield. Homefield Apparel, definitely the way to go for pretty much anybody uh, in college sports now. So even if you want to branch out beyond just your K-State gear, they've got 150-plus teams there. Make sure that you go check it out, uh, homefieldapparel.com to get involved there and look at the K-State gear. And, uh, hey, if you just look around a K-State game these days, you're going to see a ton of it. Uh, feels great, really awesome material. It's super comfortable. I love the sizing on this one, too, um, that I just got my, my last shipment here. Literally this past week, uh, I just got a shipment of everything here. So uh, I am looking forward to rocking these this fall and uh, this winter. You should, too. Make sure you get your home field apparel uh, cats gear. And on the other side, we will get that answer from D.Y. on which – uh, of Boganowski or Bricks would be the bigger deal for K-State to land. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Okay. You've had time to think, Derek. You've had time to ponder this. You can answer it any way that you want and interpret whichever way that you want, like the bigger quote unquote get out of the two. What are you thinking? I can, I'll, I'll provide the arguments for both and then I'll take my pick for Michael Boganowski. It's just landing a top player in the state for the second consecutive year and probably doing so in the face of Kansas 
elevating their recruiting profile and improving as a program. So I think when you put those two things together, I think that really highlights just how significant that is. Kansas is improving, but yet Kansas State's improving so much now, too, that they're consistently winning for the top player in the state. And the top player in the state in Kansas, um, not a talent-rich state by any means, but still a significant and really good prospect that typically has you know, strong college career, sometimes in NFL career. So that's no small thing. I mean, last year it was Avery Johnson. For Graham Ricks, just think about the type of recruit he is. I mean, that's Avery Johnson territory in terms of ranking, and that's across all four networks. So you're talking about a guy that you're landing a top 100 player two years in a row, um, you know, or if, even if you count Asa Newsom and a few others, like a few, you know, three, four top 300 players across two years wouldn't be a big deal for some programs that are used to getting four and five star recruits and littering it in their class. That's a significant deal for Kansas State because um, for a long time they were in the cellar, um, not cellar of the actual football games being played, but when it comes to recruiting, uh, you know, taking up some of the, the under the radar gems and turning them into real football players was the way that they had to strike. Now you're seeing a combination of the two. You, you're, you're going out and landing in Avery Johnson, but you're also developing a Felix and DK Uzama, um, a good blend of the two. I would pick Michael Boganowski, though, because I think Kansas State's avenue to really good recruiting classes is to secure and land the best local talent, and he does that. Yeah, I, I'd lean toward it. You're not asking me, John, but I'd lean toward Boganowski as well just because of the reasons that DY outlined, and you pretty much secure – really what top three of the top four, three of the top five players in the state, including the top one. And I know there's a lot of variety and the top ranked players in the state, John Price as well from Blue Valley that's committed to Kansas State is also up there in different recruiting services. One recruiting service has John Price running back as the number three player in the state of Kansas. You mentioned Gus Hawkins, um, you mentioned Caden Massey, and then you could get Boganowski potentially as well. So you lock down the state I think that's meaningful. And you lock down a kid that has offers from Michigan, Florida State, Oklahoma, uh, all of those high-profile schools, uh, and beat out them. I think that would be certainly a significant factor as well because it's not just some ho-hum top of this state of Kansas type recruit. I mean, this guy has offers from all over, and he's taken official visits to several of those places that really do indeed want him. You could beat out a guy like Brent Venables, who's a great defensive mind and linebackers coach, um, to land a guy like Boganowski. I think that's huge. And I think the other factor in this guys is K-State's already got four offensive line commits in the 2024 class, and they've done pretty darn well up front. I think, I think most fans already have a lot of faith in Connor Riley as an offensive line coach and the guys that they've landed, I think are really solid already. And Gus Hawkins and potentially uh, Caden Massey could be offensive tackle type guys uh, in this class. So I think you can make it work with just four guys in this recruiting class on the offensive line that they've already gotten. Grant Bricks would obviously be the cherry on top and would really love to land him, obviously, being a top 100 guy and be a top five all-time K-State commit in program history since these things started to be tracked in the early 2000s. So by all means, give us Bricks as well. But I think Boganowski is probably the, the bigger land at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I would echo all those thoughts. I was going to make the point about the offensive line. Like, they've already put together a – Really nice offensive line class. So uh, I'll, I'll take the upside that, that Boganowski would give you and obviously the significance of continuing to uh, to dominate in-state there. But before we leave football recruiting, I mean, is there anything else that we're, that we're missing here, D.Y., that's significant as of right now? 
No, just, just you you look up at the ranking, you see 60. Don't freak out about it. They only have seven commits. They're really zeroing out on two remaining guys here in the month of July. They're like, oh, you know, panicking. They're like, are we, are we coming up short here? What's going on? Uh, no, I mean, and speaking to a source, and, and you, you have to take this for what it's worth because it is July and things can change, especially when it comes to roster composition. You don't know who's going to return and who isn't because – you don't know who's going to leave your program after the year and enter the transfer portal. You don't know who's going to leave your program because they're not taking, because they're going to the NFL. You don't know who's going to stay in your program because they're taking advantage of a COVID year. There's still a few, there's still a class or two left that can still do that as well. So it's hard to know the numbers, but you know, and talking to a source pretty tight in here, there is still a very real there. And I wouldn't say still, there is a very real chance that Kansas state signs less than 15 high schoolers. Yeah, kind of the nature of the beast uh, in the numbers game there. So yeah, I mean, look, and that this goes back to like the conversation we were having on the the basketball pod that we that we did recently. You know, nobody wants to take like the daily L's. That's the problem with like the recruiting rankings. Looking at it right now, being in the 60s, right, and the the momentum that like a Kansas has right now with the the prospects that they're landing is just differences in how you're putting the classes together as of right now. Yeah, I I haven't mentioned this, and and I'm sure this will probably make both your eyes light up here, and anyone that's listening it's kind of wild to consider this an actual real thing like reality, but there's only one entire scholarship defensive player on the Kansas state roster that has his eligibility expire after this season. Every single defensive player, but one can come back. That is crazy. Daniel green, Daniel green, good old Daniel green. The guy who's been around for, for 12 years. He's the only one that has his eligibility expire. Well, it's a really nice segue, D.Y., because I know some people were uh, a little perturbed to see that he did not make the preseason All-Big 12 football team, which is out now. Uh, K-State had five players represented on the first team, or, well, we only get one team, this All-Big 12 team. Five players represented here, which did tie a league high. I know there was some consternation when I put it out that way on, on Twitter. Like, Texas has five players that were honored on the offense and defense. Another one, Jalen Ford, one defensive player of the year. So they theoretically have six honors there, but it was just five players honored. K-State got Treshawn Ward as newcomer of the year and then four guys on the All-Big 12 teams. So if you technically frame it as five players honored, it does tie a league high. And last year, K-State had the most uh, of anybody with six, I believe it was, on the the preseason All-Big 12 football team. So there's a lot of respect here, honestly, for K-State is what I'm saying. Uh, Ben Sinnott. Listed as a fullback, which is interesting. I, I, I do. I can, I can understand people. I, I saw some of the debate going on about that. Like, hey, make Ben Sinnott be a tight end. I was like, you know, I mean, fair enough. I uh, that's that's a way to kind of squeeze in an honor for him. But it, he's deserving of it. I think he's going to be an absolute uh, stud this year. Anyway, he's listed as your first team fullback. Cooper Beebe, first team on the offensive line, although not unanimous, which is wild. Um, Phillip Brooks is your first team uh, return man, kick returner, punt returner. And then on defense, Kobe Savage coming off the injury. He is listed as uh, an All-Big 12 defensive back. And I mentioned Treshawn Ward. Running back coming in from Florida State is the newcomer of the year, which I'll be honest, I mean, that that did surprise me. I mean, I think, I think he's going to be phenomenal. I think he will be great. But I did not realize that he would garner that much respect and attention across the league as, as soon as he did with that pick. Yeah, I would say I have four surprises. Yeah, one being that Treshawn Ward was the newcomer of the year. Not that I don't think he'll be a valuable player for Kansas State, but I just think I didn't like you. I didn't necessarily think that he would command that kind of respect so early on before the season. Um, 
you know, especially not that I think that, that he should get it over Trayshawn Ward, but there's like a quarterback newcomer, right? There's Alan Bowman at Oklahoma State, although he's been in the Big 12, so how much of a newcomer really, is he really? That was probably part of the discussion there. Jalen Daniels getting the quarterback honors on the All-Big 12 team. Uh, that surprised me. I don't think he's really deserving of that. I, don't, I didn't think he was deserving of second team All-Big 12 last year when he got that. So that Cooper Beebe not being a unanimous pick, that's a stunner. You alluded to that. I, whoever did not vote Cooper Beebe on the All-Big 12 team uh, should probably have their voting privileges revoked at this point because that's pretty bad. And the same would apply. And I'll defend Texas fans who are throwing the same fit, and that's true, is how does Jalen Ford, defense alignment, not also um, – become a unanimous pick like who like how how informed are are you on the big 12 if you don't actually pick Jalen Ford or Cooper Beebe yeah um and I'm not gonna like I, I would imagine that it was just some sort of oversight or maybe someone new to the league and a part of this DY is why I always like sometimes people get frustrated with me I'm like look I never fill the thing out because I'm always like I don't feel like I'm prepared enough to do it. I will omit somebody and leave somebody off stupidly like that. And then I'll get crushed for it. I'm always afraid, you know, like, I'm just like, if I don't feel like I'm going to put the work in and know that I've got too much going on to do that, I'm not going to fill this thing out and feel like I'm, you know, half-assing it. And it, it appears that is, that is what happened here to, uh, to somebody, but Cole, your thoughts on K-State's uh, all big 12 selections here. I understand some of D-Wise gripes, but I would also say like big picture, I, I was sort of pleasantly surprised at the respect given. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't take a lot of gripes with it other than Jalen Daniels, who we can get into in a little bit. I mean, I, that that's a shock to me. I uh, don't understand that one really at all. But other than that, I mean, when you look at K-State's perspective, Cooper Beebe, first team all Big 12, I, I think you could certainly make an argument for him to be the, the Big 12 offensive player of the year. He's best offensive lineman in the Big 12. He's an All-American type. You could make a case for that, even though it's you never see offensive linemen typically named offensive player of the year or you know, in that case. So uh, I would make an argument there. Not unanimous is laughable in itself. Treshawn Ward, a bit of a surprise, but I mean, look, Treshawn Ward has a lot of respect for what he did at Florida State. He averaged over six yards per carry, uh, over 1,100 yards in his two years as a Seminole, and last year over 600 yards in itself while, you know, around seven yards per carry. So Treshawn Ward is arguably one of the top two or three transfer running backs in the entire portal that entered in K-State landed him. And I think a lot of the trust also in that is K-State's offensive line returning, the scheme that they run um, up front at K-State. I think that plays a factor in Treshawn Ward being newcomer of the year, a talented guy running behind an experienced offensive line with a really good quarterback that's going to command respect and give you a balanced look up front with the, with what he can do with the ball, Will Howard. So uh, no, no dis you know, disagreements with that. I think you could make a case that Daniel Green should be a first team all big 12 type at linebacker, but I get it. Like he didn't have the season that he hoped to have last year at the position due to injuries largely. Uh, but he was first team preseason all big 12 going into last season. And, and I certainly think with, with health on his side, he will be a first team all big 12 type this year. Well, get, get to your, uh, your Jalen Daniels point here, Cole, because I know I, Look, I, I've discussed this before. You guys saw me laid out on Twitter with some stats that Cole provided me, so I'm sure he's got some good stuff here. But, I mean, if we're talking about, like, Big 12 play, Will Howard was a better QB, man. Will Howard was moving that – that, that K-State offense was a more efficient offense. And my take on Jalen Daniels always has been – look, I think he's a really good quarterback. I just think the star there is Andy Kotelnicki, who's the offensive coordinator at Kansas. I mean, he made Jason Bean look like – 
a good quarterback for a large stretch of the season there and a very productive quarterback. I mean, no offense to Jason Bean, but that's a that's a hell of an accomplishment. I think he's a stud. I think it was a lot of scheme-based stuff for Kansas. Daniels came back down to earth even when he was back healthy and playing in Big 12 play last year. Really ate against uh, bad defenses at the beginning of the season. I think he's going to have a great year. I think the Kansas offense is going to score, and they're going to put up a bunch of points. So I understand the logic there in in why he is there. And you throw in that like people just love the story of of the Kansas comeback, um, and it makes sense. It makes sense why he is a popular pick there in a wide open year. I I understand it. I'm not totally shocked by it. Maybe a little surprised that it wasn't Quinn Ewers or Xavier Worthy, um, but I don't know. I don't think it's like an outrageous sort of pick or anything. I I wanted to jump in here and give Mike because I kind of touched on it earlier and I want to like clarify what I said. The fact that he was all Big 12 first, all the all Big 12 quarterback, whatever, I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, most of the would, quarterbacks. Would you, have, would you have Will or would you have Quinn Ewers or somebody else? Dylan Gabriel, I think I would pick, wow. to be honest. D-Y, we do not agree. Dylan, Gabriel, well, Dylan Gabriel has done more than Quinn Ewers, so I don't know why you're okay with Quinn Ewers and not Dylan Gabriel. Personally. Well, it's just but, the hype. It's the hype. I'm, I'm really well, saying more yeah, like that's what I Dylan, Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel was still solid when he played last year. He's got to stay healthy. I get it. Either way. If you give all the 12 quarterback to Jalen Daniels, whatever, I wouldn't have done it. But you could pick apart just about every quarterback in the Big 12. Probably all of them. Even Will has his warts. So there's not a perfect all Big 12 quarterback to pick. So I'm not going to like lose my mind over that. But to give Jalen Daniels offensive player of the year is where – I have a huge problem with because that's a huge leap to make. Now, are you just taking the the Big Twelve quarterback? Probably, but in, in no universe should he. I mean, it makes the Big Twelve look bad. To be quite honest, like your best offensive player is Jalen Daniels. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, no, I've got a, I've got a lot of numbers on this, and look, I, I've kind of stayed out of the Jalen Daniels, Will Howard quarterback debate. I, I think Jalen Daniels is a good, a good quarterback, certainly. So don't get me wrong; it's, it's not necessarily a knock on him, but I, I just think the hype has gotten completely out of hand. And John and Dy, you know this. Last year, I thought the hype was completely out of hand. Last year, when he was doing this, when he was putting up the numbers early in the season, he was putting it up against the likes of Houston, which was 107th in the country in points per drive on the defensive side of the football, West Virginia, which was 119th in points per drive. And then what Tennessee tech and FCS team to open the season. And I kept saying, wait until he really goes up against big 12 teams, quality defenses, and also plays against teams that have had the opportunity to adjust to the offensive scheme that KU had put on the table. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Now, I know he got injured, so maybe that's an unfair presentation because 
you know, that back half of the season, the last couple of games against Texas and KU, maybe he was knocking some rust off. But even if you look at that Arkansas game, and I know the, the offensive numbers turn out to look gaudy because of all the overtimes and everything in the late situations, but he didn't look sharp against a really bad Arkansas defense that was 92nd in the country in points per drive and missing their top three defensive players, including a, a top two round pick that opted out of the bowl game at the linebacker position for the, for the hogs. So, you know, they had 23 points in that bowl game with three minutes left and they were about to run out the clock. And then there was a bad call on a fumble and, and KU then made their run and came back credit to, to Jalen Daniels. He made some terrific plays there, but if you just look at big 12 play only, it, it's not even close. Like if I'm making an argument for Will Howard versus Jalen Daniels per se, it's not close guys. Just look at these numbers, for example. So in the last four games, that Jalen Daniels played in. These are all big 12 games. And this includes the injury. So against TCU, he was on the field for five drives before he got injured in that game. They'd only scored three points before he left the game with that injury. And then you'll recall Jason Bean came in and lit up the Horn Frogs while Jalen Daniels had been struggling against him. He struggled against Iowa State. Uh, he struggled against Texas. And, and he was pretty mediocre against K-State in those games. And those four games, Jalen Daniels, 49 of 82 passing, 60%. That, that's fine. 580 yards passing, seven yards per pass attempt. All right. You want to add the West Virginia game in. So we're looking at apples to apples of West Virginia. So we're looking at all big 12 games that Jalen Daniels played on the season. The numbers go to 67 of 111 passing, 60%, 799 yards, 7.2 yards per pass attempt. I mentioned those four last four games. KU scored 30, 44 points on 33 offensive drives that Jalen Daniels was on the field. That's 1.3 points per drive. That's in non-garbage time. So I've taken garbage time out. 44 points on 33 drives. 1.3 points per drive. You know what the number 119 offense in the country had last year, guys? That was Virginia Tech. They averaged 1.35 points per drive. 130 FBS teams. 1.3 would rank them 120th in the country last year in those last four Big 12 games. You want to add in West Virginia, the numbers go to 92 points on 43 drives. That's right around two points per drive. All right, let's look at Will Howard, for example. Will Howard in all Big 12 games, this is excluding Alabama and the bowl game. So for consistency, we're looking at Big 12 games only. There's six games. I'm including the Big 12 championship against TCU. So six games. Will Howard, 101 out of 164 passing. 62 percent 1423 yards 8.7 yards per pass attempt remember jalen daniels 7.2 yards per pass in all of his big 12 games so a, a gigantic drastic difference there 59 drives non-garbage time drives 214 points 3.63 points per drive 3.63 points per drive to right around two points per drive for jalen daniels and all the big 12 games that were played last year for reference, Ohio State was number four offense in the country at 3.64 points per drive. K-State with Will Howard put up numbers that would have ranked fifth in the country in points per drive last year when he was on the field. So that gives you an example of how good Will Howard was. You want to look at touchdown to interception numbers at throwing the football and those five big 12 games Jalen Daniels played, five passing touchdowns, two interceptions, or excuse me, one interception, five passing touchdowns, one interception, Will Howard, 15 touchdowns, throwing the ball to two interceptions. I mean, the, the numbers just, they're, they're really not close. And so I just really struggle with the Jalen Daniels hype. Now, I said before, like, Will Howard played some defenses that were weaker. 
than who Jalen Daniels had to play against. Jalen Daniels had to play against Iowa State and Texas. Will Howard didn't play in those games, so I think that hurts a little. Jalen Daniels obviously did some things with his legs, although after the injury, he, he ran the ball in Big 12 play uh, in those last four games, 25 carries for 78 yards, which was around three yards per carry. So even that, the numbers weren't there rushing the football. It's a pretty pretty compelling case. I recognize some of those numbers from uh, that tweet that you <laughs> had me had me dial up there uh, a little while back. So, yeah, I mean, I guess my my only counter to it is that, or it's not even really a counter, but I kind of like Will Howard with a chip on his shoulder, and I kind of like Jalen Daniels bearing the weight of the expectations of being the preseason offensive player of the year in the Big Twelve. Right? I mean, isn't there an element of of K State? Liking that, digging that, taking that angle on it. Yeah, no, I, I certainly think so, John. And uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jalen Daniels. Like he's going to be when we're in Big Twelve Media Days next week. He's going to be a, a he's going to be a focal point. It's going to be a lot different. And you know, opposing teams. And I think Coltnick is a, ter- a terrific offensive coordinator. But teams have now had a year to really adjust schematically to what they put on the field. And I think they caught some teams a little bit by surprise last season with what they were able to do. Well, I think it's going to be a little bit different as they move into this year. I'm sure they'll find adjustments and still have a solid offense, but there's going to be some different pressures there. And, I, you know, just to, to hammer on my point, guys, like, John, you mentioned it earlier, D.Y., Jason Bean, you could argue, put up better numbers than Jalen Daniels last year when he took oh, over. Definitely gets TCU. <laughs> well, like, I mean, the, you, you look at the numbers for, for Jason Bean, he averaged 9.4 yards per pass. Jalen Daniels averaged 8.8. They each only had four interceptions. Jason Bean had 14 TD passes. Jalen Daniels had 18. And rushing the football, Jason Bean had a higher yards per carry average than Jalen Daniels. I mean, there's not – I'm not saying Jason Bean – everybody remembers the play in the bowl game against Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl when he came in and – threw that ball away. I'm not saying Jason Bean is, is better than Daniels, but the numbers he put up kind of indicate that this is a more of a schematic thing to me than it is necessarily the talent of the QB. And again, I think Jalen Daniels has some talent. I just think we're getting a little out of control here if we think he's the Big 12 player of the year. Which, which by the way, is a case that would be worse for us as K-State fans than it is the scheme. Like, that's the other thing that I think always gets a little bit twisted. Like, I'm basically arguing against my own self-interest and saying I believe it's more the scheme than anything else, but that is that is that is what I truly believe there at Kansas. Uh, quick question before we go, D.Y. Uh, who, who would be the first to get a head coaching offer, Colin Klein or uh, Kodelnicki? I don't know enough about Kotelnicki. I mean, how long is he? Am I saying it wrong? I thought it was Kotelnicki. Is it not Kotelnicki? Kotelnicki, Kotelnicki, whatever it is. But like, how long has he been coaching? I don't know much about him. Well, I know he got a he got a massive raise. Uh, you know, Colin Klein and he both got huge raises this offseason. He had been he had been with uh, I believe he's been with Leipold like for the long haul uh, at Buffalo. Man, I probably him. I mean, but. I guess I don't. I wish I knew this. Like we know, Colin Klein just got courted by Notre Dame, and it was his job if he wanted it. Like is Kyle Nicky getting that kind of traction? I'm not sure. Um, he got a raise for a reason, not just because he was good, but probably because he had, there were some prying hands there as well. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to monitor. I mean, look, the bottom line is like, yeah, Kansas, Kansas. You you said it, D. Y. As long as Leipold's there, Kansas is not going to be a bottom dweller. Like it's it's going to be a battle, and like this is. 
I just think of like all the conversations we've had today and recording a basketball pod and a football pod, like the terminally online nature of all of us and Twitter and fighting and like everybody winning and losing every single day. Like it's with the way K-State basketball is going and the way both football programs are going and obviously what Kansas basketball is like, man, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a war. You're going to have to stomach some wins and, and losses both on and off the field. And, and yeah, I, I'm not forecasting this, but it's just something that I think Kansas State fans are struggling with. This isn't the Kansas of 2015, right? The, with Lance Leipold that's going on. The odds are not in Kansas State's favor to continue this streak as much as they have. They've won 13 straight against KU. 15, like, right? 15, whatever it is. The gap is not as wide as what some just assume. I think some are assuming Kansas is just going to be dreadful until 2094. Like, that's not the case. Like, defeating Kansas is going to be tough to do. It's going to be tough this year. You guys are both wrong. It's 14 straight. Mm. Oh, sorry. I might have added one already. So the last one last was 07, 08? 08. Yeah. yeah. Like, 08. Those, those games are going to soon – because Kansas wants they're gonna want that game more than any other game. They sure are. We'll see if the blue wings are rising out of the booth uh coming up this year. Oh, that's it. Oh, it's in Lawrence this year. You're right. It is. Yeah. Oh, blue yeah. wings that, rising, baby. That 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 place is gonna be a nut house and K State fans are gonna love saying, Oh, it's your Super Bowl and K fans are just they they're gonna have to well, take that uh, Well, we'll we'll see. Uh we'll see where KU's at at that point in the season. I think that's gonna be late, a lot right? Of, it's like a second yeah, to last game. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is. So hopefully KU their schedule's tougher this year, I will say that. Like yeah. they feasted on a pretty advantageous beginning last year. Um funny thing is, I like and we're getting in the weeds right now. But an interesting swing game for them actually comes very early. It's when they play Illinois at home on a Friday. Yeah, look, I, they're look. They'll definitely have a big crowd for the the K State game there, and I just hope they have enough porta potties on hand to be ready to go for that one. <laughs> Listen, it, it may not be 2015 Kansas football anymore, but it it's 2015 with the jokes that we've got, baby. I'll make sure I bring my waterproof boots for the sewage that leaks over. Who was the coach in 15? Is that is that Turner Gill still? Or is that Charles no, that was Beatty, right? That was I, I think it was Beatty's first year because Joe Hubner went in there uh, to, to Lawrence and hung it on David Beatty in his first year. Oh, wow. Huh. So that, they were already done with Turner Gill and Charlie Weiss by that point. Uh, that'd oh, be, yeah. That'd oh, be yeah. Yeah, they were turning them out pretty quick there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, shout out to uh, Holiday Distillery. You guys go get your 360 vodka. Go get your Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon. Uh, stock up on your home field gear. Get this sweet uh, Copper Bowl shirt if you are so inclined to uh, support K-State and support home field, who again helps us out here on the pod. We appreciate all the help that we get from Tucker Franklin behind the scenes as well here today. For Derek Young and Cole Manbeck, I'm John Kurtz. Thanks for listening to another three. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.